the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. Ricard Foyer is not with us this week. He is tied up with other commitments. And so I was really struggling to figure out who I was going to bring into this. But luckily, I have located the president of the Canadian chapter of the Shawnee Fan Club to join us this week for Shawnee's funeral procession. It is my dear friend, Kevin Hazelhurst of Deja the View fame, often mentioned, never appeared. And what a better person to appear on Drop Your Buffs 100th episode. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, everyone. I'm honored to be here. I'm clearly the person that you call when something has gone horribly, horribly (laughs) wrong. And I'm here to clean up your mess. Thank you. Thank you. I learned everything that I know about podcasting from Kevin. So this should go real smoothly. Yeah, you were employed by me for many wonderful and memorable years. (laughs) And now everything has gone to shit over at Deja The View. You know, onwards and upwards, as I say. So Kevin, you're watching Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains. I just want to get a little bit of a check-in with you on what your history with Australian Survivor is. What have you seen and why are you watching this season? Oh, so I watched uh, either season one or season three. Uh-huh. The, uh, JLP was the host. I watched that years ago, but... I fell off because it was a season that someone named Phoebe was on and I was really Mm -hmm. standing her and I fell off when she was voted out. Um, And then I never watched the show again until this season because something about the heroes versus villains um, theme was, it piqued my interest because heroes versus villains is one of my favorite seasons of regular survivors. So I dove in head first, and I have to say I haven't felt this alive since Heroes vs. Villains. <laughs> so I'm having a great time. Yeah, it's really living up to the theme, I think. Is there anybody that has been on the show this season that you're like, whoa, I have to find out what they're all about and go back and watch their season? Yeah, so my next course of action is going to be watching a Shawnee season. Mm-hmm. And then I would like to watch a Simon or a George season. I think they're the same season, though. Same season, same season. How but do you feel I, about Haley? Haley, so I was really cold on Haley the entire season up until the last few weeks, where I think you've got to see her planting seeds more and trying to make moves against the dominant players more. and. I think actually I would say now that Shawnee is gone, I'm kind of throwing all my support behind Haley. Not that I don't love watching George, but I'm now that he has so much power, I'm just rooting for someone to 
you know, for the queen to to conquer. Yeah, it is always fun to watch the underdogs topple the the bulldog. It took me a while to be interested in Haley just because I mean, to be a hero in Survivor, to be on that mm. tribe, like I'm just instantly like, well, that's the flop tribe. Yeah, but, boring. But I do really love Haley now. Yeah. What about Liz? Now, I mean, now that Shawnee's gone, it seems like the logical place to throw your support would be to Liz. I do love Liz as well. I stan her. I loved Shiz. Uh, I'm I'm rooting for her as well. Dear old Shiz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I still for think her that, as well. like, I'm still on this train of, like, Liz could win. I really do think there's a clear path to Liz winning. I agree, and I would love to see that. I just find we haven't seen her have to, like, scramble for her life that much. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping in the coming weeks, like, she will make some moves to secure her future and kind of take her power back. And then yeah. I will really be rooting for her but i already am i just think yeah. i'm ha- i've seen more str- subtle strategic moves from Haley. it's more like exciting yeah and i feel like H- Haley's really being positioned as the person who is going to take down george should that happen and especially in all the promos it's very much king versus queen and they're talking about repeating this showdown that they had in brain versus brawn and I like that as a concept, but I also think, has everybody forgotten that we wanted to get Haley out in the early episodes of this season? I don't know how she just diminished her target so easily that people are barely paying attention to her now. Yeah, she's done a really good job of that. Her yeah. threat level is so low to everyone now. Only People yeah. only have eyes for George. Yeah, okay. Well, let's dive into this week a little bit, uh, kind of episode by episode, because I think, I mean, every episode this season has been like an event, and I love that about it. And I think I love this first episode this week, episode 16, because you have kind of a throwback to Heroes versus Villains US, where there was an iconic double idol play when Parvati used her idols to uh, save Sandra and Jerry. And Sandra had the votes to go, and they sent JT home, and it gave the villains the upper hand moving forward in the merge. Here you had, once again, a group of people who really needed to be saved, and they played two idols at Tribal Council, and they played them wrong. This is like the inverse universe of that vote in Heroes vs. Villains US, where Sean and Nina both play their idols, but it's Sam who goes home, despite Haley's best efforts of being like, it's Sam, play the idol for Sam. If you have an idol, give it to Sam. I know. I. It's. It was hard to watch, but at the same time, I can't say that I would have necessarily done anything differently if I were playing. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it says something about Haley's relationships, or is it like it's too late? maybe for her to be trying to build those relationships because they obviously just don't trust her. And even at that tribal council, she was like, well, you can't give all, you can't give accurate information to the other side. And it's kind of like, oh, well then what do we 
doing here? Like she, she hasn't built up enough trust with them for them to actually be able to follow her advice. And I mean, but, like they realized after the fact, and I think they're more willing to go with her now, but it was a hard lesson to learn. Exactly. Like it's a, it's a test. And now we know that, or now Nina knows that information from Haley can be trusted. So the sky's the limit now for what they could potentially do together. Yeah. Let's talk about the KFC reward. Are you a KFC fan? So I love that KFC is sponsoring so many international reality shows because we used to have KFC as a sponsor (laughs) on Big Brother Canada all the time. And they would have like, yeah, they would have to do challenges where they were like themed around like the meal. Like you'd have to like, like the puzzles would be like, build the meal and they have to dress up in like KFC costumes. (laughs) So I love that this is like such a big part of KFC's marketing strategy is sponsoring uh, Canadian and Australian reality TV programs. Yeah, I do love that. I should have mentioned that Kevin is not just a random friend of mine, but he also worked for many years on Big Brother Canada. You did challenge work, right? I did for one season. However, it was the COVID season that was shut down. Mm. Mm. Good Mm. memories. There was a lot of drama around that one. And uh, went on to also work on Canada's Drag Race, for which you were nominated for a gobble this year. That is true. A Canadian Screen Award. Congratulations. I am Brooklyn Heights uh, wig maker. (laughs) What is the category that you're nominated in? Oh, well, um, I'm nominated uh, along with some other people on our team for the writing for Canada's Drag Race this season, which is really nice and exciting. Some might ask, how does a reality show have writers? Well, (laughs) well, I'm going to... Um, spill some tea everything that's coming out of jonathan's mouth is not off the cuff (laughs) yeah of course reality shows all have scripts but that doesn't mean that the gameplay is scripted in any way of course yeah disclaimer okay so okay so you've had kfc rewards on big brother canada Okay, well, they are playing for a KFC feast right out the gate here in this episode, which I love. And they're doing sort of a twist on the classic pole, hanging on a pole challenge. And this time they have to hang on a pole with a partner, and it's the winning pair that will get to enjoy their KFC feast. And George is all about this. George, I feel like George really knows how to get on TV because he's going to drop the sponsor name. He's going to be a spokesperson for KFC. It's all he ever wants. He doesn't even want immunity. He only wants a KFC reward. And it works out really well for him here because he does win it with Haley. And they they get to pick another pair to go with them. And they pick Jerry and Shawnee, which I thought was interesting. Yes. Well, they leave out Liz from the group they're not like they're not using this as an opportunity to extend all of branches or like think about you know building relationships with the other side here they're very much keeping it in the family they were thinking about who do we want to sit next to when we're biting into a spicy big dipper (laughs) zesty crunch box yeah fair fair can we talk about the the challenge a little bit before we get to the reward because I just wanted to say 
Simon was the first one to drop out of this challenge, and he did it by asking for a ladder to get down. Mm. I just want to say, safe king, like, please be safe and thank you for doing that. And I thought <laughs> Simon asking for the ladder was very sexy because safe is sexy. And I think I'm noting this because there have been so many challenges this season where it did not feel safe. Episode one, for example, someone almost died. Them throwing their bodies on that box. Yeah, we almost right. lost George. Like, big yeah. producer mistake to be almost losing your like main character for the season yeah. in episode one. And like them running through the sticks. There's been so many challenges where I was like, I don't think this feels safe. And I almost wonder if they've like learned some lessons. And that's why pre-challenge they were like if you need to get down and you don't feel safe please ask for a ladder yeah i was surprised to see the ladder come out you don't see that very often there's a really great shot from one of the u.s seasons that andrea belke was on where she's at the top of one of these poles and she slips and plummets to the ground like a hard fall she was fine but that could really like you could break a tailbone i know sometimes i'm like I get it. We don't want to see them wearing a bunch of safety gear. But at the same time, like, I don't think I could send people out there to do some of the things that they're doing and not have them like in helmets. You know what else I liked during this challenge? Sam wiping the sweat off of Sean's feet. <laughs> yeah. He was giving Sean's like Lady Gaga feet. Judas vibes. Yeah. J Jonathan's really obsessed with the size of Sean's body. And Simon. Jonathan literally yeah. was like, big boy Simon and Sean, all that muscle. Uh, <laughs> he <laughs> actually he said multiple times throughout the season, big boy Simon and Sean, and how their muscles are useless. He's actually very yeah. in yeah. love with his big boys. Yeah. And he, there's like a little bit of a degradation kink going on. Yeah. <laughs> You're my useless big boys. <laughs> Daddy's useless boys. Get that sweat off the feet. <laughs> well, I love where they go for the reward because they go to this like watering hole thing, which we've also seen now in, I think it was Shawnee's Jury Villa video. They also got to go to this little, it's like a little lagoon or something. I don't even know how to describe it uh, with that huge ladder that goes down. I really thought, I keep waiting for a reward where there's going to be an idol at the reward. And there has been already, but I'm just really primed to see like, oh, they're doing a bucket of chicken. There gotta be something in that bucket of chicken. Okay, there was nothing in the bucket of chicken. There's gonna be something on this ladder to the water. But actually they were just having a nice nice afternoon out. You would have liked to see an idol uh, inside the fried chicken. Well, well, apparently, have you seen this thing about Jeff Probst talking about putting an idle nullifier inside of a fish? I did. I I did see that clip on social media. That was the joke. But all, yeah, that was joke. But <laughs> then I was thinking, that's kind of like I feel like if they had a live reunion, that's something that they would have like threw up a clip of or something. True. It just made me think like I missed the live reunion or like the you know post show reunions. Yeah. Well, they could have even done it at the reunion they had on the island to be like, by the way, there was a thing in this fish. Also, like I've seen the clip. I don't see the thing in the fish. No, I don't see it either. I think we're, I think Jeff is confused. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. 
Okay, well, back at camp, uh, Simon is ready to ride the lightning and create some chaos because uh, he's really on board with Sean to finally target George and get him out of the game. And you can kind of feel it from both sides here where George is also ready to cut Simon loose because (laughs) there's this great scene where George is talking about how the cruise ship is going to sail away tonight. And if you're not on board, you're going to get finished. And he's literally making faces behind Simon's back to signal to everybody like it's Simon. We got to get rid of this big beefy boy. But also George is building inroads with Haley because he tells her, he reveals to her the first person outside of the Spice Girls Alliance that he won the $60,000 set for life reward way back at the auction. And he does this as a test to her to be like, nobody else knows this. Shawnee and Liz wouldn't tell anybody. So if I find out this information leaks, I know that Haley's the rat. What do you think about revealing this information? Is it worth it? Well, the gag is she is the rat because she is plotting to get rid of George. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. And even when eventually Haley does tell people about this, I'm still not sure like what consequence this really has for anyone. So maybe it is smart of George, like maybe it is like a low risk task to give Haley because who really cares that George has won this money? Like he's already the biggest threat, regardless if he won it. Like he already is should be target number one for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I don't know that $60,000 is enough of a reason to be like, oh, well, we have to get rid of this person. Like they have won enough money because the prize is 500000 So 60000 seems like a little bit of a drop in a bucket compared to that. But last season, the person who publicly won this as a reward, it was a public reward where they said, you're going to win $60,000 if you win this reward challenge. That person went home immediately after winning that reward challenge, same episode. So there's like a bit of a precedent here for sending people home for winning the 60,000. But I do, I agree that George, I think is like too powerful for that to be the thing that gets people turning on him. Yeah. There's no way that that's the thing that put you over the edge to sending home George. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about the immunity challenge for a second because they're stacking the letters on a wobbly frame. And I feel like there's a little bit of tragic foreshadowing here with Shawnee when all of her letters topple down on top of her head and she's really disappointed. And I know it's not this episode, but it did feel like, oh no, Shawnee's in trouble. (laughs) When the blocks fell on her and she went, ow, ow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very sad. I also thought it was funny that George was actively rooting against Simon during this, where he was going like, come on, Simon, drop, drop, drop. Because at this point, they're still supposed to be allies. Unfortunately, though, Simon was like a cat. Simon with his little flower in his hair, he was like a cat, super focused. And then like 30 seconds later, JLP, Simon like a cat hunting down his prey. It didn't matter (laughs) who was rooting against him because his cat-like impulses carried him through. Yeah. And George kept making comments about culling the cats, which I thought is like, it's a little graphic. No one wants, yeah, no one wants to hear that. 
Yeah, <laughs> but he's not going to be called today because Simon wins his first immunity of the week, and then brilliantly leaps into Simon or leaps into Sean's arms, which is a visual I love, but not a great idea. Celebrating with your supposed enemies who are now your friends in front of everybody. Yeah, but at this point with Simon, it changes day to day, week to week. So it (laughs) must be very difficult for him to even keep track of. So, you know, just hug your boy, Sean, just go for it. He really, like, I think he's really got puppy dog eyes for Sean. I mean, he has for some time now, but it's really amping up here. Yeah, there is definitely like a little bit of a love connection. (laughs) Yeah. So with Simon having immunity, there goes George's plan to target him. And so they decide to go for a four votes on Nina situation and three votes on Sean. And Simon's very much like, well, let me vote. I want to vote for Nina. I want to you know, be on the right side of this vote, which then tips George off that like, wait a second. Why does he want to be the fourth in the four? Because if that's the case, he can always change and screw us over. So uh, that thus begins the rapid succession of changing plans here. I feel like in in this like pre-tribal scene, they were like going out of their way to make Simon look like such a doofus. And he is a doofus to be clear, but it's like the edit is truly like working so hard to play into it. Like there's a, a scene where George is like, Simon is trying to make friends and then it cuts to Simon at the well with Matt and it's like a two second cut of him just being like, ha 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 ha. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like they literally are making it into a, like a Simon like comedy show. Yeah, they are. There's that night hammock scene with Sean and Simon is really like borderline deranged at how I think it's the night vision that makes him look that way. <laughs> Um, but he's like so excited to have a new friend and one that he's been chasing for so, so long. And and you just know, like, I mean, in retrospect, nothing goes right for Simon. Like there's, there's never anything that goes right for Simon. No. So it's nice when he has these little moments where he thinks it's going right because that's all he's got. He's doing, he's just a big boy doing his best. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> it's Jonathan's good big boy. Okay. Well, (laughs) George decides to, instead of doing this split vote, he's going to let Simon run with it. Yeah, you can have your vote for Nina. You can flip it wherever you want. But actually, we're all just going to dump our votes on Sam. So no split. We're just going to do six votes on Sam. Clean. There's no way they have an idol. We'll be completely fine. But Haley's got some other ideas. And then that's where Haley goes and tells Nina, hey, this is the plan. If you guys vote for George and you play an idol for Sam, George will go home. Now It's now or never. And uh, it's a valiant effort. But again, I just think that Haley waited too long to do this. That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking maybe if Haley had sown those seeds with Nina a long time ago, like, hey, when the time's right, like, I'll help you get out George, then maybe it would have worked. And also, like, whatever happened to Liz's bond with Nina? Like, when Liz had that whole tribe swap thing. I know. There's these, I just, I don't know why, like, we're not seeing people, like, try to pull in Nina more, like, er earlier. 
Yeah, agreed. I feel like Nina's been in a really weird position for a long time. And it's sad, I think, that that secret alliance never came to anything. That alliance of, I think it was Liz, Nina, Dave, and Sam. So Liz here like could have I mean we we've seen Liz and Shawnee talking about how they're shiz they you know they're above George in terms of their alliance pecking order it's 2 to 1 it's interesting that Liz hasn't leveraged that in any way I mean there's like the safety in numbers that they have with the vigilantes 6 or 7 depending on the episode but I don't know. It would be interesting to have seen them at least talk. Like we got plenty of talk between them and Flick about things that they could be doing, but nothing since Nina has rejoined them about like, hey, what if we all voted together? What if we kind of flipped this game on its head? What if we took out George? It's our big move. You know, Nina can think it's her big move, but it's actually Liz and Shawnee's. I think there was like a lot they could have done there, and and there was just no exploration of that. I think that's why I have to stand Haley just a little bit more than I stand Liz because I'm just I just have been waiting for Liz to do that, and maybe she will in the coming episodes, and then they'll both be queen. But yeah. for now, nothing. Okay. Okay. Well, so the OG heroes, the dying breed on that uh, tribe decide okay we need we need an idol and sean hasn't revealed that he's got his idol uh really to everybody and so they decide that we got to go idol hunting and nina finds a hidden immunity idol it's great it's really exciting she hides it in her bra and she starts speaking in third person (laughs) nobody thinks that nina could possibly find an idol so instead when they come back to camp, Simon decides to pat down Sam first and then Sean. It's almost just so he can like touch Sean's crotch at this point. No comment. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, they've got two idols. What could possibly go- they've got two idols and they've got the information of who's getting the votes. So what could possibly go wrong? Well, at tribal council, of course. They do follow through with his plan to dump their votes on Sam. And Nina stands up. She plays her idol. She plays it for herself. I kind of get where she's coming from. I feel like she's been a little bit lost this whole game. And so she's got an idol. She says it's burning a hole in her pocket. It's like, get this out of here. I can feel safe. I can breathe easy for one night only. This one's for me. And then Sean goes to play his idol. And this is where you really get like the whole thing's going on where Haley's signaling as much as she can to Sam, like, it's got to be played for you. If this is going to work, it's got to be played for you. But of course, Sam thinks that's a whole mystery. Or I think Sam believes that, but everybody else thinks it's a misdirect. And so like Sean's not buying into it. And big blunder from Sean because he's held onto this idol for 23 days i think he said and that's so impressive and i was really impressed that he didn't tell anybody about his idol and then for it all to culminate in this where he plays it for himself and sam goes home is just so depressing such a flop but again like i can't say that i wouldn't have done the same thing like it would be really tempting to go for just self-preservation than taking a risk. Yeah. But that being said, um, 
not to go too far ahead, but I was watching Shawnee in her jury villa, and uh, she was saying to Flick about how she had an idol, but she was like, I don't even care that I didn't try to play it because a few days later, the same people would just vote me out anyway. And I was just thinking like, yeah, like it, it, if you have an idol, like it's better to just play it to make a move than just save yourself for like one day because when there's that few people left it's like you have nothing to lose like you might as well try to like take the risk yeah although so the plan that they would have known from simon was four votes on nina three votes on sean and simon of course wasn't voting but the split would have been between nina and sean so it makes sense why they did this but i just feel like with that information from from Haley, it's like why misdirect them that much? Because even with a split, if the idea is that they only have one idol, I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting them to have two idols. So with only one idol, a split wouldn't really matter. You're better off to just take I get the, the risk. self-preservation. I just, yeah, I do wish that they had saved Sam. Although, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> actually, I don't know if I needed Sam to stick around. I liked him, but I don't think he was like really contributing in a way that say Sean, you know, went on to like George wanted to work with Sean. George has now pulled in Nina. She seems to be a secret ally of George's now. I don't think he really had that option with Sam. I agree. I was ready for Sam to go. I didn't think he was kind of offering I think his story was kind of done. Yeah. Can I tell you some observations that I made at this tribal council? Yes. So number one, Flick is wearing a flower in her hair. You know who was wearing a flower in their hair in the challenge? Simon. Uh Uh-huh. Is it possible that this was another gift from Simon? First was his cookie idol. (laughs) Now he's given her the flower. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I wanted to note that George said was when they were talking about the cruise ship and who's on it, who's not on it, George says that if Simon jumps ship from the cruise, he will not be voting for him at tribal, at like the final tribal. Basically saying like, Mm -hmm. if someone jumps ship, George is not giving them his vote at the end. Which I think is yeah. really interesting because he is the first person to jump ship, George, by voting out Shawnee in the next episode. Yeah. I don't know if he's jumping ship or if he's throwing Shawnee off the ship, but <laughs> the idea is still betrayal. And I'll, I don't believe George when he says that. I think he's saying that as like a scare tactic to be like, don't you step out of line? Because I think that in the end, George would respect game. Would George ever vote for Simon in a final tribal council? That's a different question. I don't know that George respects Simon's game enough to vote for him. I guess it depends who he's sitting next to, but maybe if he was sitting next to Nina, who doesn't have a whole lot on her resume, he might vote for Simon. But I feel like if he was sitting next to almost anybody else, uh, I feel like George might vote for the other person because because of game. But I I do think if the right combination was there and Simon made his pitch... I do think George would vote for him. I think George just says stuff. I think you're probably right. And the first time I watched it, it was just a passing comment. But then going back to watch it a second time uh, to prepare for this last minute podcast that I was asked to do, um, (laughs) it stuck out. And I was like, (gasps) knowing what was coming. Yeah, yeah. 
I was going to mention up top that while Ricard had a conflict, couldn't record with Ricard. At somebody else said, we had a big episode planned for our 100th episode. Another Survivor alumni was going to join us, uh, who may join us next week, but don't want to promise anything. She pulled out. Then I was like, okay, let's d- dip into the AU archives. I, I get an a former AU player who will remain nameless. Why I'm protecting them, I don't know. Agreed to come on the podcast with me and completely ghosted me afterwards. So uh, then I went to option four. <laughs> and I went to option four, Kevin. So all of that to say, I'm, to come I on this feel really special and really honored to be here. <laughs> if you are disappointed in what you did get, you can direct your comments and complaints to evan.rosscats at dropyourbuffs.com. <laughs> Yeah, or at Deja the View Pod on Instagram. Well, after the departure of Sam, I do love that Shawnee turns to Simon at Tribal Council and says, Simon, you played yourself into a minority. I think it's those kinds of moments that make Shawnee so iconic because it's not, she's not being aggressive and it's not even really passive aggressive. She's just kind of like, she's just out there to have fun. And I felt like even she took her exit really well, where I feel like in her mind up until her exit, she felt she had a really strong chance of winning. And then she gets taken out and she's a very good sport about the whole thing, I think. And she's got like sort of a glib sense of humor that um, is really charming. I agree. I also just think that people, People have seen Simon make so many mistakes that they're just like, oh, Simon, (laughs) how could you do that again to yourself? Like, you idiot, you doofus. Like, you even see, like, later, like, Haley calling him her puppy. Like, she wants to keep her puppy around because... Yeah. (laughs) So, I I think it's partly partly people are just openly telling Simon what an idiot he is, but they still seem to like him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's a good boy. He's Jonathan's big good boy. Big good boy. Well, the shiz are feeling pretty good together. And I love this whole sequence of them at the beginning of the next episode with catching the crabs and Shawnee stabs the crab with a stick. And then they're huddled over the pot of rice, shoveling rice into their mouths before anybody can see and just having a gay old time. Yeah, it was really great. That was like one of my favorite scenes, like the dead look in Shawnee's eyes as she's shoveling the rice into her mouth. <laughs> like her eyes just glazed over it and she was just like a telescope <laughs> looking around. <laughs> also before People have gotten voted off of Survivor for much less than hoarding the rice. Yeah. Also, I just want to say the preview for this episode Midas, like you knew what was going to happen this whole episode. Like I would, I was like biting my nails the whole episode because the preview for the episode might as well have been like tomorrow on Survivor, Shawnee gets voted out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really sad, and I feel like Australian Survivor does this a lot. Where I've been confident that George isn't going home with each passing episode because when he does go home. They are going to promote the shit out of it to be like, 
the fall of the king. They yeah. like they will tell us that it's coming so that we tune in. Where I feel like they're still tiptoeing around it. Like now, cut to the next episode and George goes home. But I feel like they are still tiptoeing around it because they're still being like Haley versus George. But I do feel like when that time comes, it's going to be like you cannot miss this the most epic blindside of all time and we were getting there with the shawnee one but it was clear that it wasn't about george it was about somebody else and therefore who could it have been about absolutely and it's such a shame because shawnee found that idol i know it's three like- idol finds she's the first person in australian survivor to find three idols in one season and she is tied amongst women who have played survivor for three idol finds in one season with Kelly Kim from Island of the Idols. How about that? Slay Kelly Kim. Do you remember Kim. Kelly Kim? She was famously the victim of sexual harassment oh, and unwanted touching. Okay. That is and the one. And then they one, voted her out. That is literally the one season of Survivor that I did not watch and did not want to eh. watch. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say you're not missing much, but I actually I do like that season. I don't I'm, like, obviously, the incidents surrounding that, but it's a fun cast. I de- I watched the reunion where she got to, like, speak her truth on it. Mm-hmm. But that was it. But okay. go off, Kelly Kim. You find those <laughs> idols. Three idols. And Shawnee, you and are Shawnee. all of us. It's not just Jamie Lee. <laughs> but when she did find yeah. this idol, I couldn't even feel happy because I was just like, no, like, I know what's happening this episode. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It didn't give me any hope for her. It gave me a little hope, to be honest, because I did think, oh, like, you know, promos aside, I did think, imagine the drama if she has this feeling. And she kept talking about this feeling she was having. And if she played her idol and the votes were on her, she knows somebody from her alliance flipped on her. And then they have to go back and deal with that. Like, it could have been an absolute disaster. Yeah, it would have been iconic, but it didn't happen. Yeah, and it didn't happen. part of the reason why you couldn't celebrate is because, like, the very, I think, the very next scene after they were eating the rice together is George pacing around in the dark. There's just shots of him walking around in the dark with voiceover <laughs> of him talking about the shiz and detailing which Spice Girl is who and how scary is getting left out. So do you feel that the Spice Girl names are accurate? They're so accurate. They're so accurate. Because the thing that's been confusing me is that when the Spice Girls were founded, Shawnee opted to be Baby Spice. But George was just like, no, you're Posh Spice. And then he said it so many times that it stuck. I didn't realize that. But when I thought that Matt has to be baby spice that just made Mm. sense Mm. because jerry is jerry yeah george is scary liz is obviously sporty if shawnee is posh that leaves matt as baby and to me that just feels correct matt is baby i agree his mommy's (laughs) his best friend yeah (laughs) yeah okay Uh, i don't want to talk about this immunity challenge you mean the challenge? You don't want to talk about the challenge where Simon is back in cat mode? Yeah, Simon was back in cat mode at the immunity challenge. John, and you can't stop calling him a cat. 
Well, he was in cat mode, to be fair. And he loves it, too. Like, the little smile. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He knows what he's doing. I really liked that. I mean, like, this immunity challenge was, like, a little bit boring for me. This kind of, like, staged parlor game challenge. But I did like that mechanism at the end. We've never seen that before, where you're stacking these discs and you're tied to the thing. So it's, like, on a lazy Susan that's just, like, spinning and spinning. I did like that. It was harder. It seemed harder than I thought it was. Because Jonathan LaPeglia put up a video on Instagram before the episode being like, I'm testing a new challenge and it's him doing it. And I was like, Jonathan's so good at this or it's too easy. Was he? So it just turns out Jonathan was good at it. Does he often post videos of him testing the challenges? (laughs) Not that I can recall. Like, I think this was the first one I've seen, but that's not to say that. I mean, I have him muted on everything because he's a big Spoiler. spoiler. He likes to post in real time about what's going on. Here's a question for you. Is Jonathan, Uh does he get producer credit on the show or is he simply a host? I don't think he does, actually. I think he's just the host. So he doesn't actually have an invested interest in testing the challenges. He's just goofing around. (laughs) He's definitely goofing around. Waiting for his big boys. Yeah, he's just doing it for the social media likes. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. I would love to see Jeff testing the challenges. That's something you don't see. Well, they don't have to test the challenges on Survivor because they reuse the same challenges. (laughs) And they do the same thing on Big Brother USA. They use the same challenges every year, so they don't have to build prototypes and test. Did you ever get to test challenges at Big Brother Canada? All the time. That's like, that was actually my first ever job in tv was being a stand-in for the challenges as an intern and oh my god yeah so they'll like bring in like 10 interns and a lot of it is just standing in place and staring at the camera so they can see how everything looks but then you also get to test the challenges and my first season of big brother canada my very first day of season three i had to test a veto and I had to climb up a, a ladder and run across a net, and I split my pants open. <laughs> and that is how you make a good first impression on your first day. And that is the origin of my career. Wow. How split were your pants? Like I had to go home. My... <laughs> JJ was out. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you wear home? Who knows? I have no idea. They probably gave me like a pair of sweatpants or something. Who knows? Wow. But you know what? What I actually came off looking great because there were other interns who broke the microphones. So at least it didn't cost anyone anything. Just a pair of pants. That sounds like a big no-no. Absolutely. So you're wearing the mics while you test? Well, we were on that day, but I don't know if that's normal. They were probably like, we can't afford this. Well, they've really kind of figured out the miking on BB Can like really well. They have a system. So maybe then it was pre the system. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, so you were a dream team member, basically. These people are called dream team on Survivor. It's highly sought after position to be a stand-in on Survivor. Well, you should apply. I'm good, thanks. (laughs) 
I'll leave that to Jonathan. Okay. Well, let's talk strategy because Simon is safe once again. And so the vigilantes decide to do this 3-3 vote on Nina and Sean, assuming that Nina and Sean are also going to vote for each other and that Simon is going to be uh, doing whatever the hell Simon does. So in some ways, this kind of like sets Simon up to be the deciding vote, assuming that he would vote for one of Nina or Sean. Um, Or Simon can join Nina and Sean and it can be a 3-3-3, which then gets pretty dicey. I mean, it's easy for the vigilantes because if it is indeed a 3-3-3, then they just re-vote and they have uh, the power to decide which of Nina and Sean are going to go home. But with a 3-3-3, as Shawnee pointed out, if you've got you know a spare three here, all they need is one to cross over. And now they've got a four. And Shawnee talks about how she did that in one of her seasons, that that was a big move that she made when she got somebody to change their vote on a 3-3-3. And so I think that's contributing to Shawnee's paranoia here. And she should have. She should have listened to that little voice in her head. Yeah, I felt like the editors were really scraping together any footage of Shawnee having doubts or questioning. Otherwise, there Mm. wouldn't have been an episode like in terms of like mystery, like I, they were like, well, yeah. we've got to like get whatever little moments where Shawnee looks worried that we can possibly uh, splice into this episode because <laughs> she's clearly going. And they, they're like, want to show us like that our hero had doubts or was like um, having the gut feelings. Like that shot after they vote where she shifts in her chair. Yeah, like does as anyone... if she was going to reach for her idol, but it's totally just her fixing her dress, like at the beginning of Tribal. Yeah, like the editors <laughs> were telling us the story that we needed. Yeah, they were working overtime. <laughs> but we did see Shawnee and Liz, and I don't know when they had this conversation, but we did see them in the water talking together about, you know, at some point we got to take out George, and Shawnee was like, "Well, like let's wait till let's wait till eight or let's." I, I think they said eight, um, which is coming up. So, I mean, George was right at the end of the day that Yash is is a strong relationship and they are not going to prioritize him. And they're even saying to each other, like, I don't care which one of us wins. Like, we're best friends. And if you win, I'll be happy that you win, which is really nice. And I do think I do think we've gotten plenty of shiz content but i feel like there's a relationship that's even deeper here that we haven't quite seen i would love to see the shiz cut of heroes versus villains (laughs) the like shiz director's cut (laughs) yeah 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 i would love to see that too and that that scene like watching it on a second time i was like okay like I needed to see that scene to know at least that this was like the correct move for George and it wasn't like frivolous or too soon. Seeing that they did plan on voting him out coming up very soon, it didn't give me complete peace because I'm still grieving, but it helped. Yeah, it's a shame that they wanted to wait. I mean, I get it to some degree in their mind, but I just feel like Shawnee is smart enough to know that George is smart enough to be thinking two steps ahead and that if you know he's thinking two steps ahead, you've got to think three steps ahead. And so 
I just would have liked to have seen them made this make a move on George or at least try. It would have been really satisfying. Yeah. But is it also possible that Shawnee playing for the third time, she's clearly like the type of player that I would liken her to like Katya on Drag Race All Stars, where like Katya was not necessarily playing to win, Katya was playing Mm. to like have fun and be do the best and showcase Katya but like she never took it too seriously and I think Shawnee not that she's not playing to win but I also think it seemed a little bit like she was just like ah boo like she literally said ah boo yeah. when she got voted out <laughs> and she was like well <laughs> like I had a great time yeah it is true it did feel like she got very complacent post merge I think she really wanted to make the merge and she did set records. She set the record for the most days played in Australian Survivor. In fact, there is another wild stat that somebody told me. This is from Quartz Crystal on Instagram. Told me, the only survivors to have played more days on the island than Shawnee are Boston Rob, Parvati, Ozzy, Sari, Tyson, and Sandra. So she really is among icons. Yeah. For sure. And like some of those people have played way more times than her. So way more times. And they've all won except for Ozzy and Sari. So Shawnee is joining Ozzy and Sari as kind of no win icons of Survivor. Yeah. Like I think she was competitive and wanted to stay, but also she's not like, this isn't life or death for me. And I have nothing to prove. I've already proven myself type of vibes. Like, she's not counting her mini challenges and her maxi challenges as total challenge wins. <laughs> yeah. I do love how George arrives at this decision because he seems a little hesitant. Like, okay, am I being crazy? He keeps asking Haley, especially, is this crazy George talking that now is the time to get Shawnee out and it's like first he goes to Jerry and Jerry's like it's not the right time let's uh, why do we need to rock the cruise ship right now there's Sean huge threat Simon huge threat Nina not a huge threat but she's a number for those people right so like let's take care of those three first before we start turning on each other I don't think that's fully the right idea because if you are going to turn I mean like George is right. There's two to one here in the shiz versus George scenario. And so there is a time, but it's, it's, I think what Jerry's saying is it's maybe not this round. Like let's, we've got an easy plan here that is going to be executable. So like, let's just do that. But George doesn't get the answer he wanted from dad. So he goes to mom mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey Lee, uh, I was just talking to Jerry and like, he doesn't want to do this, but would you want to do it? And Haley's like, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. And George George literally says, I want to do it. It would be funny. <laughs> I know. And then and then they have to like go back to Jerry and be like, I got mom said. Yeah. So just so you know, we're gonna do this. Like I'm it doesn't matter. You can ground me after the fact, but we've got the numbers now. So and then I thought that I thought it was interesting that George pulls Nina in here because he doesn't need Nina to do this, really. I mean, he. it's helpful to be like, hey, will you throw another vote over here? Or even like, but he doesn't want Sean to know. So it's not even like he's getting the original heroes to be 
coming along with this plan to make sure that he has the numbers. He's pulling in Nina for the sake of pulling in Nina. Like he is planting that seed that like Haley, for example, wasn't planting early enough. Um, and I loved the scene because he darts over. I, they must be going to tribal really soon because he's like running through the jungle. And you don't see George running a lot. And he runs through the jungle and he finds Nina. And he's like, Sean, get out of here. And you can literally see the cameras are running behind him and you can literally see the boom mic operator in the shot chasing them down as he's just like, just vote for Shawnee. Trust me, just vote for Shawnee. Uh, and I love that little, little glimpse behind the scenes. Yeah. I have a question though. Uh-huh. Why was Matt so on board for this? But in the next episode, he's not on board at all to break up the alliance. But why is he so okay with getting rid of Shawnee? Is it because he's just like, he'll do anything George says? Is that really, is that his game? I think so. I think he's really wary of, say, Haley and then anybody outside of their alliance. Like, Matt is such a loyalist, it seems like. And I think he's really loyal to this idea of being Baby Spice, which he's never actually been named, but I like it. Of being, you know, the fifth Spice Girl to complete the group. And then Haley and Simon were always brought in as sort of like the bottom of that alliance. Good numbers to have. They've got relationships. We can trust them-ish. But he's always been loyal to especially Jerry and George. Because remember, they made that final three deal, which then Jerry and Matt made a final two deal behind George's back. But I, I really think it's about like loyalty where it's like, it's, I am going with George. I've committed to George and it, I think this could be a problem for him, honestly, because he's not really, he has no moves to his name. He's enjoying being part of big votes, but none of them are like his moves. It's interesting though, because the like Matt and Jerry just being on autopilot for the rest of the game, it kind of <laughs> is their best move like oh yeah no one's ever gonna want to get rid of them really i I mean except for simon at the last episode but like (laughs) they're never gonna be a threat they'll always just be taken through because they're not doing anything but it's like it's not it doesn't make for good tv and it's not playing to win really it's like playing on a hope and a prayer that they are able to cut george at the very very end yeah yeah, I, I think their assumption is that George would never win the final immunity challenge, which is Silly. notoriously a very difficult challenge. But it's like, and also I think both of them understand neither of them would take George to the end because he would easily win. And it, it would really be the worst case scenario outcome for the season if we had a Jerry and Matt final two. <laughs> like it would be rough. I think they would need to make an executive decision to make it a final three. <laughs> yeah. It's too risky. For such a great season, to have that ending would be really rough. Sometimes that is how it goes, though. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Well, they go to tribal. Shawnee has a funny feeling, but she doesn't act on it, and she gets sent home. Very, very sad. I like that there was... You know, in Survivor 41, I can mention this because Ricard's not here, there was the Shantham. Shan had her own anthem. 
And Shawnee had an anthem this whole season as well. I don't know if you noticed it. It's kind of like um, it's kind of a mix between the score for Titanic and the beginning of Edge of Glory. It's like ha 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 ha. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, no, I never picked up on it, but it's interesting because I did write down like Shawnee deserved the Shan dramatic send off. And I didn't realize yeah. that she did have a, her own theme music. She had her own theme music. And it's interesting because they would play that music at different points during the season when Shawnee was being like deceitful or she was pulling off a move or she was doing something really great. And then they brought it back for this like sad moment of her getting voted out. Oh my God. It was actually scored yeah. by Lydia Tarr. Um, <laughs> she had to take a job on Australia Survivor. Well, yeah, it's a it's a step up from where she wound up. Spoiler alert. Did you watch Tar? Yeah, of course. Are you hoping she gets the Oscar? No. Michelle Yeoh, no. 100%. I agree. I think that like she was fine. Tar was fine. I thought it was a fine movie. Like I could watch Kate I was not blown away. I could watch Kate Blanchett just like live as that character for for forever but it wasn't like a a groundbreaking performance to me whereas like michelle yo it it just felt like this is it like this is the oscar winner it was special it was unique and she was doing showing so much range but i understand that like the kate blanchett hive you know might come for me (laughs) but that's just how it feels and i'm no expert on film just Australian Survivor. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Probably equally expert on both topics. <laughs> Casual. Casual. Local. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, not only was Shawnee blindsided, but Liz was blindsided too. And I think this was the big risk for George, that he was going to potentially lose an ally. But he seemed really confident. And he even seems confident the next day when he ha- you know, has a chat with her and he's like, hey, like this is why I did this. We, I, we're still tight. We're, we're good. We're good. And you know, you're just learning now how Survivor is being played. And it's a little condescending, it feels like. But George is quite confident that he's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine with Liz. Oh. But meanwhile, we're getting this interspliced with these Liz confessionals where she's bawling and being like, I want to tear George apart. Is, so I think Liz is in her Kill Bill era. Is that what they talked about? Because the audio in the fallout scene at the top of episode 18 was non-existent. I'm pretty sure we were just listening to Ocean Breeze and they subtitled whatever they wanted over top of it. It was like... like, It was a silent movie fully. And the music was not helping. It was playing like the most intense music. And you could not... Like they must not... The microphones were not on. It's really funny to watch. There's this very great after show on uh, 10. So it comes on, it's once a week, comes on after the third episode in the week called Talking Tribal. I don't know if you've ever watched. I know you spent some time on the 10 um, YouTube page watching the Jury Villas, but not sure if you've ever watched Talking Tribal. But in Talking Tribal, they'll play clips from the show and uh, as they're talking about whatever it is they're talking about. And the clips that they play on Talking Tribal have no music. They have no music soundtrack. And so you just hear the audio as it was recorded on the beach. 
and then edited together. So you can really, like, it becomes very clear why Australian Survivor's music is so bombastic and loud because the Franken editing they do to these clips where, like, you can hear the ocean changing. You can hear the breeze. It's just, like, very, very clear cuts, like, mid-sentence, multiple cuts. And so it's very illuminating. It's needed, yeah. So why do they remove the music on Channel 10? Like, did Lydia not give the rights? I have no idea. This is the network that owns the, the show. So I don't know. But I love to see it. It's really fascinating. It's interesting. But I did love these scenes of Liz crying because I felt it was so needed to see someone who is going through the exact same thing as me at this time. Yeah. And we're so lucky that Liz is there, like that Liz, that shiz existed because like now we have someone to root for to avenge Shawnee. Yeah. And you're so used to seeing these duos and power couples on Survivor break up with one of the couples in on it, where it's like this new trend sort of post ghost island that you have to cut your closest ally and i really believe that liz and shawnee never had that in mind and so it was like a very human moment here to have somebody legitimately upset that they lost their best friend in the game and it wasn't even necessarily about the game it was just like i wanted to be with my friend yeah and it it is interesting also like it's the first time Liz has had to fend for herself, really, besides the like one episode where she was on another tribe. And I think... Yeah, I mean, it was a couple episodes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> it's exciting to see like what she might do, and hopefully she does something. Yeah, I really, I, I really do believe it. I believe she's the winner. So, like, I think that her arc is because if you look at everything that's being set up, where it's like George versus Haley and like Simon, everybody versus Simon. Like, I really feel like all of the those chips are just gonna like fall each. They're like dominoes. They're just gonna take each other down, and standing in the middle will be Liz at the end. Like, I really think. She's well positioned because I know she she was happy to have Shawnee and George around her as returning players with big targets on their backs. They're like kind of shields for her. But I do think that without Shawnee, I feel like her target's even smaller now where before it was like she had a medium sized target, but it was behind Shawnee's really big target. I do feel like she's even better positioned in some ways if she plays it right. And I think she can. I think you're right. It's just sometimes I think like, what is the edit trying to tell us every single time they show Haley saying, George has corrected all his mistakes. Like we get that (laughs) once an episode of her saying that. And so I'm like, is the edit trying to tell me like, you need to get on board with George winning, like he's going to win. But I hope you're right. I would love to see. And I, I love George on the show. But like, it's a better story if someone dethrones him. And I hope it is Liz yeah. or Haley. Or gets to the end and beats him. I mean, I like I think if he gets to the end, I, I'm happy if he wins. 
Uh, I think he would deserve it. But there's a lot of bad sentiment on the jury. I don't know that George is doing the best jury management because mm. if you look at the jury, it's made up of all of these OG heroes that he kind of has barely entertained in, ter- in terms of the game. And so I feel like there's a lot of resentment towards George on the jury. And he's done it like he's he's done what he can. Like when Shawnee got voted out, you know, he signals to the jury, like, I was in on this and they are, I think, impressed by that, but not necessarily uh respecting it signal because at the end of the day they do have they have to award somebody who they're okay losing to and i don't know if all those people are okay losing to george i mean he did give flick a wink that fixes it right (laughs) he did he did (laughs) yeah because i guess Haley talking about what george has fixed i do think she's right that he has fixed some things but I don't, I mean, time will tell if he can fix the final tribal jury management. I think if he gets to the end and they don't vote for him, then I I don't like to see that. I don't like to see. No, me neither. Me neither. There was this article that came out that I don't have on my phone at the second, so I can't reference it. But uh, it was this journalist who got to go to Samoa and see survivor play out a little bit and it just came out because this was the point that she went there and so she interviews the current jurors um i think i think they were at three at that point so sam flick and shawnee and they were talking about how they're rooting for simon to win wow so so i think there's resentment against george and it makes me worried because i i don't like (laughs) I mean, I'll reserve it to if Simon is in the end. Let's say Simon and George go to the final two, which Simon apparently wanted. uh, And maybe there's an argument that Simon can make. It's possible that is compelling enough to vote for him. But I wouldn't want the vote to be based just on, well, we kind of liked Simon and we're mad at George. It's the flowers in the hair. Look for the flowers. <laughs> I think if Simon was in the final two, he would be like, well, I played the worst game here, um, but I I really think I'd, I also did a good job. So uh, yeah, hoping, I reckon you'll maybe give me a vote. <laughs> well, I think so. <laughs> yeah. That would be his speech. That's one, that's one argument. That's one argument. The, the good argument, like the thing that does always inspire me in a final tribal is when somebody can be like and simon could make this argument i've been playing from the bottom the entire time you know since i i like i had this majority men's alliance on the original villains tribe but that was quickly thrown into chaos by george and i've been both combative with george but also allying with george throughout the game and i've been had to play a really scrappy game and that can be inspiring and that's the speech that simon could make it didn't work for Um, michelle fitzgerald i'll tell you that it did the first time did she play from the bottom the first time no not really (laughs) well we don't talk about winners of war it's not canon it worked for natalie anderson not the second time, but the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's going to work yeah. for Simon. Winners at War is a bat. We, we don't hold Winners at War up as an example on this podcast. I'm sorry, I'm new. Okay. Well, to add insult to injury, 
not only did George send Shawnee to Jury Villa, but he's also doing Shawnee drag around camp. Too soon. And performing it to Liz, of all people. Too soon. I think he's mishandling the Liz relationship. Too soon. Liz having to like fake laugh at that after she had like moments before (laughs) been wiping away tears. And then she has to be like, ha ha, good one, George. (laughs) What would you perform in Shawnee drag? The song that goes, ha, ha, ha. Uh, um, That song that's like, I want to be iconic. Like that TikTok song. (laughs) I want to be iconic. I want to walk like. I like that. You know what I mean? I tried to find it just now, but it's like, no, it's not happening. (laughs) Uh, She-Wolf. Oof. Yeah. Out of Your Mind by Victoria Beckham. (laughs) Let's talk about the reward challenge because, once again, Ricardo's not here, but this is a challenge that he has won before. So it's the Ricard Memorial Foot Challenge, and they have to build the blocks with their feet. I really hate this challenge. I don't like seeing these feet in 4K. Simon was pretty good with his feet, though, even though he has big feet, as JLP said. Yeah, he was, he was good with those big feet. They weren't useless this time. Daddy's big boy did a good job with his feet. And when he won, uh, Simon was like, oh, this is a big deal. He did his crying moment. And Jonathan was like, well, it is a big deal. You knocked that out without making any mistakes. (laughs) Like, he literally is daddy to Simon. (laughs) JLP really likes Simon a lot. (laughs) He loves Simon. He loves Sean, but I think he loves Simon more. I think he likes that Simon is always a little bit in danger and is a little bit like, I think he likes the clueless energy of Simon. Yeah. And it's a nice relationship to watch blossom. Yeah. Um, But Simon wins, Simon wins. And it's not any old reward challenge. He wins a new car and a picnic. He won an Izuzu. (laughs) And they were very specific on the pronunciation. Like they, they got the brief from the brand. It is Izuzu. Yeah. It's not Izuzu. It is Izuzu. I'm not familiar with the maker model, really. I thought it was interesting that they gave him an option of which one he wanted. I was like, you're just, you're putting letters after numbers and numbers after letters. Yeah, Izuzu was very generous, but he knew exactly which yeah. one to pick because he's an apprentice carpenter and he needs the big old Izuzu. Yeah, he's a tradie. What does that mean? Like he George does trade. He's a tra- you're a tradie. It's a tradie's car. I'd say he's a tradie. He's trade. He is trade. So he gets to bring along Matt, Haley, and Nina on the reward, even though Sean begged for him. Sean, I mean, I don't know if he begged, but he was like, please bring me. It's so- and for once, he stands up to his crush, and it's maybe at the worst moment. It's so bizarre, too, because, like, an episode ago, wasn't he Sean's number one? Like, it's just... They were riding the lightning. Yeah. But I also thought, like, why not pick Liz and, like, get Liz's temperature on what just happened? Totally. Bring Liz, Haley, and Nina. Never Matt. Why bring Matt? So strange. Matt is immovable. I think maybe, like, as Uh, a man, he thought, like, he could... Maybe he thought, like, he would have a better connection to work with Matt. 
Yeah. Like maybe that's like the bro mindset where he was like, I'll never be able to talk to Liz because he's like intimidated by her. Yeah. And if he was like, he he would be the kind of person to be like, I can't bring Liz, Haley, and Nina. I won't understand the word they're saying. (laughs) That's funny. They're going to be talking about girl stuff. (laughs) I will say also, (laughs) this picnic, I know it's a picnic, but they could have given them like a table or something because the wind was blowing so strong and I hope no sand got in their food. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice picnic, it wasn't like a outstanding picnic. It was no KFC, but they did have some nice sandwiches, sandwiches. I would have loved to see Simon driving around in the Izuzu, like how they used to do on Old Survivor. Mm. That would have been really funny. Yeah. Did they not pull up to? Did they not pull up in the Izuzu? I don't remember. I don't know. You're making me question everything. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. If it happened, I'll tell you this much: I didn't see it. <laughs> there was certainly wasn't enough video footage usually you get the interior shots with like a gopro of wow the leather interior oh it smells like a new car it's so roomy imagine the carpentry tools you could put in this beep beep yeah and then and then the back turns into a tent and they can sleep in there he couldn't bring george along because he would have been blasting vroom vroom by charlie xcx <laughs> Yeah. Well, the sandwiches didn't get dirty, but Haley got dirty because she revealed at that challenge that George had won the $60,000 set for life. She's failed the challenge. Barely two days in, she's failed. And she's starting to leak this information out. And all it takes is for one of these people, I I thought it was really interesting that she said it in front of Matt, of all people, because like that's, that's the loyal guy who would be the one to tell George, hey, congrats on your $60,000. I guess she thought maybe this will be the per- this will be like the one thing that maybe could get to Matt. Mm. I just I yeah. didn't quite see like again like what it was going to achieve, but I trust that Haley knows more than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean right before she said it, Matt was literally point blank like I won't vote for George. And she's like, well, do you know we won $60,000? Okay. So we're going to see how this plays out. I'm gonna, very interested. I imagine it's going to come up this week with, with the big battle, the big showdown brewing between Haley and George. Let's talk about squatting. But first, the big sit down. The big sit down. <laughs> where at the immunity challenge, they have a new endurance challenge where they have to squat uh, in a very limited position. It really reminded me of... Uh, I'm going to test your Survivor US history knowledge now. Do you remember Survivor Thailand? Yeah, the torture thing. Yeah, where they had to sort of like imitate a Thai statue. Yeah. It reminded me of that because that was sort of a half squat and then arms were involved. And uh, that scared me as a, a lot child. of people dropped off really fast. Yeah, I thought it was disturbing. It. Yeah, as a child, I was lit. like that. That's not okay. You can't do that to those people. <laughs> it's not okay what they're doing. Reality TV has gone too far. <laughs> it's like if I saw traitors now, and now you're as watching a, Dilf Manor as a child, I would think they're actually getting murdered. Um, yeah, but yeah, luckily I can just relax and watch Dilf Island. 
Dilf Island. Dilf Island. I thought it was Dilf Manor. Actually, is, I think it's are called. Are you watching Dilf? Yeah, I am. Island. Uh, it's actually called something else. It's called like For the Love of Dilfs or something. But it's like <laughs> I call it Dilf Island, and I think I don't know where I got that from. I don't know if they even say that in the show. But to me, it's an it's Dilf Island. And yes, I am watching. I have an Out TV Go subscription. What's the premise? The premise is that there's like five daddies and five maybe um, himbos who are like zero brain cell, like hot guys. And Uh they just are there to date the daddies. And every week someone goes home and a new himbo or a new dilf comes in. And Stormy Uh, Daniels. I see. And Stormy Daniels is the host. It's by the same (gasps) company that made Slag Wars and made um, that show with Tiffany Pollard that was similar. I'm just realizing that that's Stormy Daniels in the picture. I'm looking at a cast photo here. I see the himbos. I see the daddies. And then I saw who I thought was Kristen Johnson. I thought it was Kristen Johnson. <gasps> no, no, it's Stormy. And I think this is like the perfect type of job for her too. She's like cracking all the jokes, but I think it's Stormy. important to watch these things. You're this is like queer funny. culture. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to need to get my out TV subscription going. I it's just it did make me think like I just would love to see a season of Survivor with all of these people. Like just just with the most vapid gay people that you can imagine hosted by stormy daniels in collaboration with jeff probes well this is the kind of thing that out tv should do like because survivor is never going to do it so just copy the format change it a little so you don't get sued they just don't have any money right (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a problem that's a problem because i looked up the jury villa famously uh last night right <laughs> i i located where the jury villa because I, I was catching up on all my jury villa videos and i was like wow this place is beautiful maybe i should go to samoa <laughs> like i'm never going to samoa and i was like let's see how much it costs it's out of my price range the jury villa so uh i can see that these shows can get expensive yeah um although it did i did see a post on shawnee's instagram that i sent you where i was like is she back, <laughs> like, vacationing at the jury villa? Because it just looks like she's constantly on vacation, which go off queen. But there's also, she recently went to Samoa on a vacation, and this little, like, swimming hole looks so similar. It's literally the one. It's the one. She, that's how I found out. That's how I found jury villa, is that somebody in the comments was like, is this whatever it's called? And she said, yes. So then I looked it up. And then... Oh, suddenly I was seeing survivor locations everywhere. The, the villas nearby. Uh, I saw Vavau Beach. Uh, all these iconic Samoan survivor locations. And so I don't know if she's like on a personal vacation in Samoa. <laughs> like talk about Stockholm Syndrome. I know. <laughs> um, or whether that, that was like she got to have her phone back and these are she's just finally allowed to post. Oh, good point. The photos she took at Jury Villa. She is just living the life, though. Like, her whole feed is seems to be vacation. Like, she was in Indonesia. She's currently enjoying her time at Melbourne Fashion Festival, sitting front row at some of the shows. Wow. Who could ask for a better well, existence? She, 
somebody sent me a whole whack of screenshots of her and JLP flirting with one another on social media. Like he'll po- he'll like comment on her posts with like a like flames and I don't know peaches or whatever, and she'll do the same to his. Now the difference is Shawnee has recently separated from her husband. As of like 2021, like recent Okay, well, she literally has the like separation glow. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, but JLP is not separated from his husband and or wife. And so, I, I don't know, we got a controversy brewing here, but you never know. They could be open. Okay, you mean well, Jonathan let's and go Simon? Back to Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go back to Survivor uh, because this squatting endurance challenge uh nina ends up winning and she is the first twine to win individual immunity yeah and she won it by sitting on a toilet (laughs) she she did she did that (laughs) she sit it on him (laughs) well now that nina's got immunity george intends to dump all the votes on simon easy to do done but this even to me who's a dumbass, I was like, whoa, 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 that's a little too simple. And all it takes is for Simon to find a hidden immunity idol or for somebody else to find it and play it for Simon and you're fucked. So thank God we had Haley here to swoop in and be like, no, 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 no. Let's split our votes. But Let's be extra cautious here. Simon and Sean. Tell me why Simon was the target in the first place, though. I think they're just done with Simon. He's won two immunities in a row. He just won a car he is proving to be a real challenge beast and he's unpredictable in that sometimes he'll be working with you. Sometimes he won't. And the confusing thing here with George for me was about this deal he made with Simon, where in the Shawnee vote, he said, look, if you vote for, I think it was Sean, he told him to vote for, then will will save you for one more round. I will not vote for you at the next tribal council. And then George all of a sudden is like, well, actually that plan, that deal, it no longer is valid because we ended up voting Shawnee out. But it's like, that's not right. Like Simon held up his end of that deal. So this was a loophole that was in the fine, fine print. And Simon still doesn't know the deal's off. And so I feel like George was just like, look, He's not going to be coming for me because he's got this deal. Uh, It's kind of a safe moment and I can get him out very cleanly here. We don't have to worry about this threat anymore. Maybe he knows the jury is like Simon. I mean, all Simon's friends are getting sent to the jury. So uh, I think there are some good reasons to take out Simon. Okay, that makes sense. But like even Nina being like, I'm done with him. It's like, don't you kind of like need him? Someone like him? (laughs) Yeah, but he's so wishy-washy. It's like George offers him this deal and then he votes for Sean. It's like what how can Nina work with that moving forward? Right, but like it's better than it's better than like what she thinks she has. I mean, like now she has this secret alliance with George. So like I feel she's a little more secure. But that's not a lot and it's not having like say Liz and Haley on your side. Although I do think she feels she can trust Haley a little more now. So I don't know. I feel like Nina's got some options and maybe Simon is just a little too chaotic for her to work with moving forward. My like dumbass was just like, I just wanted to see like Nina go to Haley and Simon and be like, 
let's vote out George. Like, that's the one thing that yeah. Simon is not wishy-washy about. Yeah. And, like, I know. it seems like they could have pulled that off. But, like, I just was like... Well, the fact that nobody's doing this is wild. Like, they should be targeting George every single round. Even Simon is like, well, I can't... I've <laughs> If I can't get George, then I guess I'll have to get Matt. But, but like... <laughs> Why give up on your dreams like that? Yeah, yeah. This plan for Matt, I really thought, I thought Simon pulled this off. Like the way that it was presented, I was like, oh my God, all these people are going to vote for Matt. And then Matt's kind of like the last fodder left to really get rid of. I mean, like there's Jerry, but Jerry's got a little personality where Matt's sweet guy, very cute, but like uh, he's not giving necessarily. And so he's not mothering. I was like, this is perfect. He's not mother. He was not mother for everything this season so far. Baby. And he's baby. And uh, so I was like, this is it. We're going to, because everything's been paced so perfectly in the show where it's like, get rid of the, get rid of the newbies with the odd returning player just for a little shock value. Okay. Shawnee went home. Let's go with a nice, safe map vote. And it was all aligning for me, but uh, it was funny that in the end, they didn't let Simon have his move. And, and Simon's the only one voting for Matt. He's drawing diagrams on the parchment. He really thinks he has a moment here. There's flags. He's doing a whole, I think it's a lifeguard situation that he's trying to convey on the parchment. It's so sad because even Simon was like in disbelief prior to tribal was like have i just gained some agency in this game (laughs) (laughs) it's constant it's constant shots of simon being like oh my god this is it this is the moment uh and then he has the sole vote for matt and what happens here is that they do go forward with this split and everybody votes the way they're supposed to except for Haley. Because she's been very quietly working in the background against George. And I think she's been stealthy about it so far. And it seems like she's remaining stealthy because this vote where she flips from, she was supposed to be voting for Simon. She votes for Sean, sending Sean home. And George's takeaway is, I can't believe Nina flipped. Like George really has his blinders on here for Haley. And I think... That's a great thing for Haley. Yeah, it was really funny because he was like, he was like, it's Nina, it's Nina. And then he was like, <laughs> my instinct in this game is spot on. And then I think it's Haley says, it seriously is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like on the like on the way out of tribal, she's like, basically she's like, you are so right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's really, I th- I think... I don't have the list in front of me, but I feel like this is the first time George is blindsided by a vote. It's not like the biggest blindside, but he did want to move forward working with Sean. He had kind of presented this deal. Sean came around. He's like, look, okay, yeah, yeah, it is like talking to Hannibal Lecter, but at this point, I don't have a lot of options left. So uh, maybe I just move forward with this. So like George had a vested interest in Sean staying kind of out of nowhere. Um, And then... Haley spoils it for him. It's a very subtle, subtle undercutting move, but good for Haley. I think it's building up to something bigger and better. I know. Yeah. I think they're really like building up this storyline in the perfect way. Like it just makes for such exciting storytelling. 
I, th- I think next week is it. I don't know. I mean, like I said, the promos have not been like the cannot miss episode, but that could be coming Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, I, I think it's now or never. I've, I've been saying it's now or never for weeks, and so far it's been never. <laughs> but I think there is still a now there. Okay, anything else to say about Australian Survivor this week? Yes, I need to just note that at the beginning of this tribal council, when they bring in the jury, Shawnee has a moment where she says, Hi, Jonathan. Is that allowed? (laughs) Because if it's Uh, not, like, of course, like, we'll break every rule for Shawnee. (laughs) But, like, does the jury ever speak? Like, are there instances of- Yeah, they're all they're they're loosey goosey on Australia about the jury speaking. Even like remember Flick came in and they were like, Wow, Flick. Cheering for to spin. Yeah, but she didn't speak. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, Jonathan and Shawnee have a thing going That's on. That's what I'm you saying. Can't, you can't interrupt that for a, some little TV show. Yeah. The other thing, Simon standing up at Tribal when George was like if you haven't made a big move, you might as well go sit over there. And Simon does like a little bit like, okay, comedian. This person is the most confident human being in life, probably. But in Survivor, he's like such a loser with no confidence. He's like the outcast. It's just so fun to watch. This like this guy who's just like so hot and probably like has everything in life. But then on Survivor, it's just like this dumbass that everyone laughs at. (laughs) (laughs) And he's okay with it. Like, he's okay being everyone's punching bag. Yeah. And if I looked like that, I would be like, yeah, bully me, please, by all means. It's so embarrassing for him to be that one vote for Matt, though. Anyways. I know. It's so bad. So bad. Like, he really thought, I mean, he wasn't going to vote that way unless he thought he had pulled in Sean and Nina and Haley and, like, Liz was there. He really thought he had it. Yeah. Sad. I have more topics that I need to address. Oh, by all means. <laughs> this is my first and probably last time being on an Australian <laughs> Survivor podcast. I'm going to get fired as soon as this is over for interrupting the host too much. Uh-huh. But I have things that I've been wanting to hear about, which is, okay, I want to talk about the Speedos on Australian Survivor. Yeah, please. You having... Potentially insider information. I need to know how this works, or if anyone else is like clocking this, how like some of the guys wear speedos in the challenges and some of the guys don't. And it only seems to be the guys who would look more flattering in a speedo that wear the speedos. But I want to know uh-huh. what is what are the the show producers telling them? Are they like, you have a six-pack? <laughs> So you need to pack a Speedo. And then they're like, oh, you actually, uh, yeah, you can board shorts for you. Like, how is this breaking down? I have no insider information on this, but I would say that I think there's a greater Speedo culture in Australia, just based on my knowledge from Australian Survivor. I think that like similar to like Europe, where it's like many more straight men wear a Speedo. I feel like the same is true for Australia, especially they're very into like water sports and they're like surfing and water <laughs> yeah, skiing they are. and like whatever other water sports are into. Mm-hmm. And 
I think a Speedo is far more aerodynamic than board shorts. And so I imagine that a lot of these guys probably like to wear a Speedo. They're not being forced to. I also, that like what I do know about Survivor Wardrobe is that you have to submit multiple pieces, right? Which is probably the case on a lot of reality shows that they say, okay, you, you need like generally these colors, send us five options. And so they probably are asked for multiple bathing suit options. Some might be shorts, some might be Speedos. And it's production's decision to be like, this is the one you're getting. So that is a possibility. There's, they're, they're very well maybe a production hand in like, okay, of the five potential bathing suits that Simon sent us, we are going with the pink and blue Speedos. It's just interesting to me in comparison to Survivor USA where they're like in their like dangly underwear that's falling apart. It's just interesting seeing the things that Australian Survivor has corrected about regular Survivor where they're like, no, yeah. we actually would rather see you in like a nice Speedo than in these like boxer briefs, Hanes boxer briefs that are like brown <laughs> from the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, well, they used to give them bathing suits on Survivor US. There was a period there where they did. And I mean, the men all wear board shorts there because America's got like a, a homo panic and nobody could be identified as gay or gay appearing. So they would never wear a Speedo. So there's that issue. But then now the issue is the no bathing suits. And that for that, we can blame Tyler Perry, who told Jeff Probst it would be a lot more realistic if they were in their underwear. And Jeff was like, you're right. And a lot of former players have complained about this. Uh, Especially a lot of women have complained about this because they're like, we have two pairs of underwear. Often both are wet. We are getting infections, urinary tract infections. It's really unsanitary to like have to swim in your underwear and then be in them wet all day long. So like people have brought this up. Jeff's like, yeah, we'll think about it, but they're still going with the underwear. Yeah. And like, there's nothing realistic about the situation of survivor. Like, it's not like, (laughs) yeah, no, nobody's like taken out of the experience by like, well, Hey, wait a second. Um, Not a bathing suit. Watching like Taj on the Kelly Clarkson show talking about how they had no toilet paper and like no bathroom i actually could not believe that because i always figured they must have an outhouse or something because they don't film them going to the bathroom so what benefit is it to anyone or (laughs) to not just give them a bathroom like we would never see it we would never Mm. talk about it so like just let them let them poop in a toilet (laughs) That's true, actually. I don't see what's wrong with... Benefits no one. ...pooping in a toilet. Because now they have them shitting in the water. Right. And, like, I also have been thinking, like, it keeps, like, showing these shots of Simon, like, in his Speedo, going for swims. Like, and every time I see that, I'm like, is he peeing? <laughs> yeah, probably. Well. Next topic. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Next card. <laughs> I can't remember, but I am like really loving this season. Like I'm, I'm already starting to feel like sad for when it's over and I need to just be in I the know. moment, but. Uh, can I get an official winner pick from you before you go? Because mine just went home. Shawnee was my winner pick. Yeah. Um, my official winner pick is Haley. Yeah. 
if not Liz. I'm really surprised that Haley keeps saying that she's concerned about going up against George in the final two because he's got more on his resume. If I was Haley, I feel like Haley has the best thing to say, which is literally, we're on the second ever Heroes versus Villains, famously won by a winner, the first two-time winner. I'm the only winner here. Let's repeat history. How iconic would it be that I win Heroes versus Villains? Plus, here's all the things I did in the game. But like, that's the that's the clinch pin in the art in the argument is like, give it to me. I never should have gotten here. I got here. History has repeated itself. Let's like put a bow on that. Yeah, and even if it wasn't history repeating itself, uh, and like Sandra and uh, Haley, like. Even though I was team poverty, <laughs> like I do think if you're in a season where you've won before and you make it to the end and you're the only person who, um, I guess poverty had won before too. So yeah. I'll just say if you're in a season, you're the only <laughs> winner there and you make it to the end and no one bothered to vote you out that whole time, then you do deserve to win. <laughs> Yeah. Having said that, I guess Nina also has a good argument if she gets to the end that my mom won the first Heroes versus Villains. Keep it in the family. <laughs> I don't know if that's enough for her, but like it's something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Nina, I actually really like her. It's just. I like her a lot. It's just, I don't think uh, Survivor playing is necessarily in the genes, <laughs> uh, but she seems like a lovely lady. Yeah, I think she's like, and I like her. And there's like, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her. Like when she got, when George pulled her in, I was like, oh yeah, like good for Nina. When she won immunity, I was like, good for Nina. But like, is she longed to win this game? I'm not seeing it. I just think these next few episodes, like Nina and Liz, need to really like do something because yeah. right now we're only yeah. seeing Haley working on things. They're not necessarily working out, but like we need to see other people plotting okay well we have something to look forward to anything else to say elizabeth i'd just like to apologize to everyone for having to listen to this <laughs> again can direct <laughs> your complaints to evan.rosscats at hotmail.com okay amazing um, but thank you so much for having me happy 100 episodes Thank you. Thank you. So I've asked you to prepare a list of your top 10 favorite moments from Drop Your Buffs. So take it away. Who was the person like, oh, Ava Max on the red carpet? She's like, I'm so excited to see Elton John tonight. They're like, what are your favorite Elton John songs? (laughs) I think all of them. I have to say all of the Drop Your Buffs Australia moments have been my favorite. I couldn't choose a single moment. That's so kind and generous of you. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, with that, I will be posting a screenshot on the Drop Your Buffs Instagram account at Drop Your Buffs Pod. And we always like to choose a little emoji for people to comment. And Kevin, maybe I'll hand it to you to choose this week's emoji for people to comment. Can be anything related to this week, anything related to this discussion. I was looking at Shawnee's Instagram and there's a photo of her in Indonesia where she's wearing a knitted rainbow bikini and it's Mm. screaming gay rights. So if I could request maybe a rainbow and a bikini. Oh, you want two. Okay. The rainbow and the bikini. 
sorry. <laughs> in honor of Shawnee. I love that. Our very own She-Wolf. Sounds great. Make sure you're subscribed to this, rate and review it if you liked it. If you really like it, maybe we'll have Kevin back one day. Okay. Got a chance. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.